the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 7.5 K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. President Trump has issued a stark warning to Iran, threatening to hit dozens of targets in that country, quote, very hard and very fast, if it were to retaliate for the targeted killing of the head of Iran's elite Quds Force last week. The series of tweets came last night as the White House sent to Congress a formal notification under the War Powers Act of the drone strike on General Qasem Soleimani. That notification is classified. It's not clear if a public version is going to be released. Manufacturing levels, they fell in December. The Institute for Supply Management says America's manufacturing sector declined in December to the lowest level in more than a decade. But industry observers say other components of that index, including demand and prices, have bottomed out, and the worst may be behind us. That's correspondent Keith Peters reporting. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas doesn't think it's healthy to generalize. Because I take Me Too very seriously, but at the same time, I think we, we have to try to, we have to think it through. It's very easy to throw everybody under the same bus. I think, you know what, no. Mm. Uh, there are big differences between um, what some people have yeah. done and what other people have done. Degrees. And we're going to have to at least uh, figure our way through that, to be fair. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot intelligent radio the patriot is available wherever you are you can download our free mobile app you can go to iheart.com tunein.com radio.com you can go to any of those dot coms just search for am 1280 the patriot and we will be there it's just past one o'clock sunday afternoon let's take a look at your twin cities forecast from the great plains windows and doors weather center we are in a wind advisory till four o'clock we reach a high of 37 and we got hour one of the brad carlson show of the narn starting right now on the patriot Views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, hashtag NarnShow. For any comments or questions, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. As This is my, uh, this is my first show of the year 2020, and I hope uh, you all had a uh, fantastic uh, Christmas season 
And a happy new year as we welcome in a new decade. We knew that 2020 was going to be a very newsworthy year, if for no other reason, a uh, big presidential election coming up. Obviously, uh, President Donald Trump seeking re-election. And again, someone will emerge from the dumpster fire of candidates that is on the Democrat side. Uh, who's to say? But uh, yeah, 2020, uh, no pun intended, started off with a bang uh, earlier this week. You know, don't don't like to make light of of violence, certainly. But um, the uh, uh, I'll I'll certainly defer to uh, Robert J. O'Neill. He was the one who fired the kill shot on Osama bin Laden in 2011, where he said on Twitter the other day, "Good news, General Soleimani has finally stopped smoking." So there you have it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, again. Don't mean to be flip about it, but the guy who fires a kill shot on Osama bin Laden, I'm going to defer. I mean, let's just be honest. So yeah, that's obviously the big news story from this past week. And you heard an SRN news at the top of the hour that President Trump has remained steadfast that uh, uh, Iran. Uh, better mind, it's a it's p's and q's. Now, of course. <sighs> When a situation like this, now, obviously, unless you've been under a rock, you've probably, a rock, not a rock, where Soleimani was killed. Um, yeah, Iranian General Qasem Soleimani, who uh, basically was the top military official uh, in Iran, was killed uh, via drone strike while, I guess, coming back from the uh, Baghdadi airport, or Baghdad airport. And um, by the way, Duffel Blog, which is kind of like a military site equivalent to the Babylon Bee or the Onion, uh, they said Soleimani's bag is still on Carousel Nine at Baghdad International Airport. So, anyhow, I'm trying to. I you know you got to have a little levity here, otherwise you know you have a tendency to get a little freaked out by what what's possibly happening. But uh, someone said that this was the equivalent of. Uh, foreign power taking out, out our vice president. Soleimani had that much influence in, in Iran. And when people reacted to this, you had a lot of those within the resistance crowd, you know, the Trump resistance crowd, that said, well, you know, yeah, Soleimani was a, was a bad guy, but, you know, always followed with a but. It's like, you know, are we sure we want to engage in this kind of tactical strike that could inflame the Iranian regime and invite World War III. That's basically was a retort to that amongst the resistance crowd. And, you know, I, I don't know where these people have been, but my my perspective from this, and I'm not saying whether this is was smart strategically or not, you know, that remains to be seen. I have really no predictions on it because there are people out there who have forgotten more about foreign policy than I'll ever know. So I'm not going to try to speculate really on anything, but I'll just say this. It really is hard to achieve any kind of diplomacy with a country that is okay with mutually assured destruction and a country that has been basically taunting the U.S. and punching the U.S. in the mouth uh, hypothetically, you know, uh, for 40 years. My earliest, re- I say this all the time, my earliest recollection of a newsworthy event was 1979. I was 10 years old when the uh, regime uh, 
took over the American embassy in Iran and held Americans hostage for 444 days. They were finally released the day before uh, newly elected uh, President Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. Okay, And so right then and there, you knew that the Iranians could have their way with, with Americans because Americans were loath to you know, start a war with that particular, uh, with that particular country, and, and understandably so. And, of course, tensions were further inflamed during the uh, Iran-Iraq war that took place in the early 80s, where uh, the U.S. and Iraq, or the U.S. actually was a advocate for Iraq in that particular conflict. So that I think diplomatic relations between the U.S. and Iran were essentially cut off from that point forward. And then you've had, I don't know how many hundreds of Americans and our allies killed under the direction of uh, this Soleimani over the years. So this idea that this was just an unprovoked attack is not necessarily true when you consider the fact the American embassy was uh, attacked uh, in Iraq. Now, um, when I go to look for reactions to this particular incident, it really isn't. It's really nonproductive when you just read the feedback or read the insights of those uh, who are most politically aligned with Trump or more politically opposite with Trump. Because what you're going to find is their feelings, their positive feelings toward Trump, are parallel to how they feel about this incident. And then the exact opposite is true. Those who are part of the quote-unquote resistance obviously are, are not going to be fans of this particular uh, particular strike. And I especially don't want to hear from the Obama bros, okay, those who ran Obama's foreign policy and lifted a bunch of sanctions which uh, gave uh, Iran access to billions of dollars uh, you know, as part of that Iran nuclear deal, which and it, which was a complete sham because there was never any opportunity for on-the-spot inspections. I mean, how it was, if you remember the Iran nuclear deal, where you could request an inspection, and after certain protocols were met within the framework of this deal, it could be up to 20 days from the time you you request an inspection to you actually get to inspect the sites in question in Iran. Well, by that by that point, you know, they could pretty much, you know, stash their work aside. Okay, so the so the whole Iran nuclear deal was a sham. So I'm not really interested in hearing from the Obama bros in this, particularly when you consider the incident in Syria. Remember in 2013 when Barack Obama made this strong statement that Bashar al-Assad, Syrian president, Syrian leader, he came out uh, he said that's a red line that that's a red line for us. If Assad uses chemical weapons against his own people, well, that's a red line. Well, guess what? Uh, Assad used chemical weapons against his own people. So Obama, his bluff was called, and the uh, and, and this was this was the most uh, embarrassing uh, rhetoric to come out of a, an administration in regards to foreign policy, because John Kerry was Secretary of State back then, and there was talks within the State Department that their response would be, um, I, I believe John Kerry called it unbelievably small. Oh, we're not looking to start another war. It's just gonna, the, the response would be unbelievably small. And then some of the rhetoric coming out of the State Department was, you know, well, just large enough to not be mocked. I, I mean, come on. 
you know, that that kind of feeble-mindedness got us nowhere. And then when the U.S. was about to go through with airstrikes that were going to be unbelievably small or just large enough to not be mocked, all of a sudden you have Russian President Vladimir Putin coming in to save the day. It's like, well, you know what? Why don't you let me go in and ha- go into Syria and, and handle that and dismantle their chemical weapons program, and then we'll draft a bunch of U.N. resolutions and ensure that this never happens again. Well, guess what? Russia reneged. All right? So you want to mock Trump all you want for uh, bowing to, to Putin, whether that's true or not, you know, is a, is a subject for later discussion. But there's no question that uh, Obama pretty much bent over uh, and— took it up the shorts and and that particular deal. So long story short, I'm not really interested in hearing the the the, the musings of the uh, of the Obama bros on this one. So what I like to do is I I like to get the perspective of those who are, you know, talk about the the constitutional aspect of this because people say, well, this is a, uh, you know, you're supposed to consult Congress, you know, before act in and uh engaging in any kind of war activities for declaration of war. And this wasn't a declaration of war per se, but uh, David French, who, you know, this is this is what I find helpful. If there are people out there who are frequent Trump critics but are willing to detach from that and look at the legality and the constitutionality of this particular event, you know, that's probably where you're going to get some good information. Again, David French, of National, formerly of National Review, uh, frequent Trump critic, said that absolutely Trump was within his authorization to order this strike because there was a military American military presence in Iraq that was confirmed or that was approved by Congress. So therefore, if we are under attack by whomever in this area where we have a, a legal presence, all right, then guess what? We have a right to defend ourselves. And this was in response to the bombing of the American consulate embassy in in Iraq. And again, uh, I'll I'll get to David French's piece in a little bit. Probably pick that up on the in, in the um, uh, in the next segment. So, long story short, is we don't know what the fallout is going to be because Iran has never been hit back this hard by uh, American forces. Okay, and. We're talking 40 years that Iran has been a needle in the side of the U.S., and sometimes, in other cases, more so, where the U.S., when they were in Iraq at the height of the Iraq War, about 06, 07, Iran was absolutely causing chaos and, uh, under Soleimani's orders, killing American soldiers, okay? And Stanley McChrystal, who was the general at the time, uh, overseeing the uh, Iraqi conflict, uh, you know, kept tabs on Soleimani, but never went for, went forth and taking him out because, of course, that would be a whole different aspect to try to engage with Iran. So definitely a lot of aspects to this. Uh, or Iran has never been hit back like this, so will they de-escalate? And thus, maybe take time to strategize their next move because if you believe what they have to say, yeah, they're absolutely going to undertake some more action in response to this. And uh, we'll get to that a little bit more. And I'd like to hear your perspective too. Are you freaked out that we're in the midst of of, of World War Three? 
you know, because that's what everybody's been. They've been talking about World War Three since I've been in high school. Okay, but back then it was the Cold War was going to escalate into World War Three. Right, but now it can trend on Twitter, so it's a bigger deal. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. But um, back in my world, back in the eighties, when it was on the TV news, it'd be, yeah, and they even had a kind of a campy movie about called World War Three, and where Russians kind of slipped into the U.S. through Alaska. All right, kind of that kind of scenario. It was in in, in retro, you know, in the context of the way movies are made today, it, you you probably laugh at it because it's so cheesy. But back then, it freaked me out. I can't I'm, lie. I'm guessing their first target would be Sarah Palin's house, because from her house, you can see Russia. Yeah, I think she was only in high school at that time, so she probably wasn't that well-known. But point point taken, point taken. Why don't we take a break? 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You know, also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real, natural-looking hair back permanently. They're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. You wash it. You cut it. It's your own real, naturally growing hair. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text SAVE11 to 85850. That's S-A-V-E-11 to 85850. Don't know where to turn to cut through the noise in these divisive times? Americans for Prosperity is here with a common-sense approach to help you understand the issues. With 2020 right around the corner, there's lots of work to be done to help make our state the best place to live, work, and raise a family. We'll give you the tools you need to make a difference in your community and make your voice heard. Tune in to Americans for Prosperity Radio Saturdays at 4 p.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot to dive past the headlines and help every Minnesotan achieve their American dream. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America... Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the This is what matters. This is beyond X's and O's. This is the difference mutual respect makes. This is what character looks like. This is what defines us in Minnesota. This is sportsmanship. School sports, it's not the outcome that matters most, but the way the games are played. 
This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, this just in, Iran now vows to enrich uranium, quote, without restrictions, closed quote. This essentially ends the aforementioned Iran nuclear deal we were talking about uh, last segment, of course, this was the deal reached by the Obama administration uh, back in 2015, which, again, freed up, uh, which uh, lifted a bunch of sanctions on Iran, which gave them access to uh, billions of dollars in exchange where they uh, agreed to eliminate their stockpile of medium-enriched uranium and cut its stockpile of low-enriched uranium by 98% and reduced by about two-thirds the number of its gas centrifuges for 13 years. But once again, uh, the, all, the biggest problem that a lot of people had with that, well, number one, uh, it was never brought before Congress, so it could really never be certified as a, as a treaty. So it was deemed illegitimate from the start. And secondly, like I alluded to, once a, a, an inspection was requested— uh, until the actual inspection took place, you're talking about three weeks, you know, plenty of time to maybe stash some of these centrifuges that they're supposed to be getting rid of. So it was never really taken that seriously. So the fact that Iran is is saying this in light of what happened to uh, uh, General Soleimani uh, and his uh, killing this past week should uh, come as no surprise. Uh Again, this is from Axios.com. Why this matters. Uh, this could be the final blow to the 2015 Iran nuclear deal negotiated by the Obama administration, uh, raising the risk that Iran will move toward a nuclear weapon. However, Iran has said it will continue to allow inspections by the International Atomic Energy Agency and is prepared to return to compliance with the deal if the U.S. removes sanctions, which um, in light of what happened uh, this past week, I don't think I don't see that happening. Uh, President Trump withdrew uh, the U.S. from the deal in May of 2018, setting off a chain of events that have seen tensions rise to the point where the two countries may now be on the brink of war. European leaders have attempted to mediate in order to keep constraints on Iran's nuclear program intact. And the Trump administration says its goal is to force Iran to negotiate a more comprehensive deal, though that seems a remote prospect given the current realities. Gee, you think? So, yeah, that's just uh, trending on Twitter here in the last uh, few minutes. Actually, literally during the break, I saw, uh, I saw it pop up. So social media is good for a few things. You can kind of get some uh, breaking news coming across. So uh, David French, who I alluded to earlier, uh, he's actually an Iraq War veteran and has written for National Review, a conservative publication, and has been a frequent critic of President Trump, uh, wrote a piece in Time magazine this past week, and he uh, called President Trump's bold, justified gamble in killing Soleimani may just pay off. And again, I'll read a little bit from this uh, Time magazine article. When Donald Trump ordered the death of Iranian General Qassam Soleimani, he per- played perhaps his strongest card in a weak strategic hand. 
He placed a bold bet that his strike would brush back the Iranian regime, place it on its heels, and deter future attacks. Uh, attacks excuse me. It's a bet that he might lose with terrible consequences, but it's far too soon to judge the outcome. But first, let me disclose my relevant bias. I felt a sense of relief when I heard of Soleimani's demise. I served in Iraq during the surge, which was President George W. Bush's increased deployment of U.S. forces to try to destabilize the country starting in 2007. And my forward operating base was located less than two miles from the Iranian border in a mixed Sunni-Shiite part of Dailea province. While the precursor to ISIS, then called the Islamic Caliphate in Iraq, was our principal foe, we were constantly worried about the presence of Shiite militias armed with deadly Iranian-supplied weapon, the explosively formed Penetrator, or EFP. The EFP could shred our up-armored Humvees. It could punch through the armor of our Bradley Infantry fighting vehicles and, properly aimed, it could even penetrate the armor of the Abrams main battle tank. For much of our deployment, the Shiite militias were quiet, except during a terrible series of weeks in the spring of 2008. They rose up, they deployed their EFPs, and they destroyed one of our Humvees, killing two men I knew. For days on end, until we took our own decisive actions, we were concerned that even the main supply route into our base could be cut. We felt isolated and vulnerable. Talk to Iraq veterans and you'll hear countless variations of stories like this. Forces under Soleimani's command and control conducted direct strikes against the United States. They supplied weapons to proxy forces, and they took a terrible toll in American lives. Soleimani himself once famously bragged via text message to General David Petraeus, then the Allied commander in Iraq, that, quote, you should know that I, Qasem Soleimani, control the policy for Iran with, a, with respect to Iraq, Lebanon, Gaza, and Afghanistan. And indeed, the ambassador in Baghdad is a Quds Force member. The individual who's going to replace him is a Quds Forces member, close quote. Soleimani's influence and power had only grown in the years since my deployment. In 2013, the New Yorker's Dexter Filkins wrote perhaps the definitive profile of the Iranian general. Soleimani, he said, has sought to reshape the Middle East in Iran's favor, working as a power broker and as a military force, assassinating rivals, arming allies, and, for most of a decade, directing the network of militant groups that killed hundreds of Americans in Iraq. In other words, he was no ordinary foreign general. He was an active enemy combatant commander working closely with other American enemies, and when the Shiite Muslims, under his influence and probably outright control, again in December attacked Americans in Iraq and besieged the American embassy in Baghdad, it was clear that he was still a threat. Okay, and then you follow that up with uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo appearing on CNN in the aftermath of Soleimani's killing, saying that they had intelligence indicating that many more Americans' lives were at stake were Soleimani not taken out. So again, uh, people are a little wary of intelligence going in and making uh, definitive decisions based on intelligence, because of course... There was intelligence that indicated that Saddam was stockpiling weapons of mass destruction, which in Iraq, which were never found. Okay, but it was faulty intelligence 
but people still like to maintain the chanting point that Bush lied them into war in order to get the oil and get revenge for his dad. These are the kind of kooky conspiracy theories that emerge. So a good piece by David French at Time.com. And by the way, he did allude to the uh, Dexter Filkins piece in The New Yorker that came out in September of 2013, which was just in the aftermath of the Obama red line uh, Syria-Russia debacle. Okay, uh, It's in The New Yorker, September 23, 2018, uh, by Dexter Filkins, called The Shadow Commander. I read the entire thing, and it is a long read, but just utterly fascinating on how the many components of the Middle, e- Middle Eastern alliances and conflicts come together. It, wow, you, you talk about a quagmire. It's no wonder you heard from a lot of these veterans coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan, Syria, wherever in the Middle East, basically saying, we don't know who the enemy is, okay, because there are a lot of different alliances. In fact, there was one fascinating uh, aspect of this. I want uh, This was... Um, I want to get to this this point because, of course, if you remember um, when President Bush, during his State of the Union address in 2002, early 2002, referred to uh, Iran, Iraq, and North Korea as the axis of evil, uh, according to a, um, I'm trying to find the gentleman's name here, uh, Ryan Crocker, he was a senior State Department official. Uh, He flew discreetly to Geneva to meet a group of Iranian diplomats. Uh, He and a negotiator were getting together, and one of the key figures was Soleimani, who actually was aligned with the U.S. to take out the Taliban, because they weren't friends of the Taliban who were running things in Afghanistan. And, of course, because Afghanistan gave safe harbor to al-Qaeda, that was obviously going to be the U.S.'s first operation. And... uh, Soleimani was actually in alliance with the U.S. on that one. And then there was a negotiator talking to Soleimani. But then when President Bush, in his 2002 State of the Union address, lumped in Iran as part of the axis of evil, um, pretty much all negotiations were shot, which I thought was utterly fascinating and downright disturbing aspect of this all in one. So, yeah, a lot of this tied together, no, no question about it, but a fascinating piece at the New York from six-plus years ago. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor Pete and Seth Talbot created the three-week quick start 
and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Hi, I'm Kirby Skurout with 3Max Results. Have you heard? Our team is doing what other real estate agents and teams aren't doing through our worry-free listing system. We let our sellers be in control with our promise of flexibility and results. And if you're not happy, fire me. I call it the worry-free listing system. My commitment is that you will be happy because we sell our listings for more money and in less time compared to other agents. Our team sells over 400 homes each year. That's over a home a day. I'm not trying to brag. I'm applying for a job. I want to be your realtor. I want to put the sellers in control again for a successful home sale with the worry-free listing system. Ready to sell for more money and in less time? Call 612-444-1100. 612-444-1100. Put the worry-free listing system to work for you. Kirby Skurat, 612-444-1100. 612-444-1100. 612-444-1100. Start packing. How can you draw closer to God and increase your knowledge of His Word? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. By reading four chapters a day, you'll read the entire Bible in less than a year. Or pick a specific topic, such as the life of Christ or the New Testament. Choose among more than 20 free Bible reading plans from 45 to 100 days. BibleStudyTools.com lets you choose your favorite translation. Track your progress and grow your faith online at BibleStudyTools.com. We know you're going to love that brisket, 2141 Cliff Road in Egan, and at RackShackBarbecue.com. That's RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack Barbecue, oh, 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 yeah. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. Hey, have you heard about the uh, Freedom 1570, our new sister station? Well, we've always had that signal, 1570. Well, now it is uh, gone to it is gone politics. That's right. We know meaningful conversation is important to you. That's why you listen to us each day. But we also think you'll enjoy our brand new sister station, Freedom 1570. Tune in and you'll hear the right perspective on today's news and hot topics. Hear from respected hosts like Dana Lash, Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, and more. Check it out online, freedom1570.com. It is the perfect companion to the Patriot. And I, I'm i a big fan of uh, Ben Shapiro, and there is uh, no greater voice for Second Amendment, or one of the great voices of Second Amendment in Dana Lash. So it is a power-packed lineup, to be sure. So freedom1570.com again. If you want to stream it online or catch it on AM 1570, of course, on your radio dial. Lots of exciting things going on in our Salem Communications Twin Cities family. That is for certain. Uh, I do want to uh, switch gears a little bit. Uh, Jason, have you made any New Year's uh, resolutions at all? Uh, I need to start working out more. I know that for sure. Uh, one thing I'm going to do is because uh, I live with my sister and we got an elliptical. Oh, uh, But okay. it's been disassembled uh, kind of since I've moved in. And so what we're going to do, at least this is what I'm going to have them do, I'm going to come home after work during the weekdays and even on the weekends sometimes too, and I'm going to greet my sister. Hello, how are you? She will greet me back. Hello, how are you? Good to see you. Hope you had a good day. I like it. 
Now get your butt on the elliptical uh-huh. and get going. Hey, whatever it takes. Yep. You know, that's that's all right. Yeah, it's a same thing here. I, I work out regularly, but, you know, I also eat more than regularly. So, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> me too. Taco Bell is my voice. So, but, uh, you know, I'm off to a great start the first five days of 2020. So I, right. I, I, you know, I, I feel better already. I mean, right. it doesn't take much. When to start feeling better, and yes. that's that's your first goal is to start feeling better. Because mm-hmm. when you talk about putting it in a p- number of pounds, if if that's your goal, yeah, it can be kind of daunting. So just you know, small, pardon the pun, bite sized goals. If sure. you're, you know, <laughs> uh, those are the only things you should be biting down on, is right? Like, Not chips goals. or anything. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I bring that up because uh, the Freedom for Economic Education, again, a uh, fantastic website, fee dot org, is where you can find it. Uh, they have a story. Entitled, Here's a New Year's Resolution for America, Realize that Politics Isn't the Most Important Thing. This is a piece by Anthony Davies and James R. Harrigan. It's resolution time. If you're like most Americans, you're planning on losing weight and exercising more in 2020. Yeah, we covered that a little bit. That is that special time of year for pie-in-the-sky planning. You might be planning to quit smoking or cut back on alcohol consumption. About one-fifth of Americans made these their 2019 resolutions. Year after failing year, people resolve to stop or start doing all th- manner of things, but fewer than 10% of us are still on track come December. Wholesale life changes are long shots, so it's probably time to reconsider the type of resolutions we make and maybe even to lower our sights a touch. Moving from resolutions that we are highly unlikely to achieve to ones that are eminently plausible might be just the way to avoid joining the 80% of Americans who come up empty by February. So here's a resolution for you. Understand that politics is not the most important thing in the world, and it certainly gives no one license to be obnoxious to their fellow citizens. Now, I can appreciate this, and because I have a weekly talk show that deals primarily with politics, you know, I can get a little agitated by reading some of the things that people on the left have a tendency to say. And I've made a conscious effort to try not to personalize, you know, my political viewpoints, or if someone has the opposite political viewpoint, to not uh, hold that against them, you know? And a perfect example of this is, you know, people you meet on social media. If you follow someone on Twitter or Instagram, uh, for me personally, I mean, your mileage may vary, but me personally, Facebook, uh, I'll typically accept friend requests from those who, I, who at the very minimum I've met a time or two, uh, or if we have uh, a huge group of um, mutual friends and we've been introduced by these mutual friends just in conversation, but I haven't met in person. Okay, maybe I may make an exception. But when I see people on Twitter, I follow on Twitter because, hey, that person knows this person. I'll follow them on Twitter. I'll follow them on Instagram. And then I meet them for the first time. I'm already kind of have a snapshot of their life, what their likes are, what kind of activities they enjoy. And on Twitter especially, I know if they're what their politics bent is given by what they retweet or what they comment on. That sort of thing. In Instagram story, a lot of people like to get a little more political than that. Instagram, I don't like to get political at all. And I found that some people who I love dearly, um, I'll mute their Instagram story because I don't, when I'm scrolling through it, I don't want to see, you know, I just, that's why I'm on Instagram. I want to get away from the politics stuff. So I understand that. But my point in bringing this all up is when I see this, 
is when I see them in person, I don't want this uh, corrupt image of them in my mind. So I don't disparage them when they're not in my presence and then be all nicey nice when I'm in there, when I, when I meet them face to face, I want to, you know, have that pure image of them. So I may roll my eyes or something like that. It's like, eh, whatever. And occasionally I'll engage. And even now I've made an effort when I do engage, I try not to be condescending. I try not to get personal because I had a tendency to do that when I was first on social media. And I regret that. So I understand, but here's, here's what I'll say to this. And, 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 Kudos to these authors, you know, Anthony Davies and James R. Harrigan, you know, try to get people to understand that politics isn't the most important thing. Well, I would dare say that um, for conservatives and, you know, constitutional purists and maybe libertarians, that's the goal is to make it as inconsequential as possible, to not even discuss what the federal government has going on, because the the whole role of the federal government is to be is to protect our rights and uphold our rights and and obviously protect us, you know, through strong defense, right? But not have not be intrusive in every area of our lives, whether it's our health care or what we eat or you know the the brand of firearms that we carry, that sort of thing. That's that's not what they're there for, but. What I've I've said it on this show many a time is that people on the left side of the aisle have a tendency to deify their their politicians and their politics. I mean, my gosh, look at you know, and again, some people say, "Well, that's kind of hypocritical," uh, you know, because look at look at these Trump rallies, and that's true. And the holds and the same holds true for Trump rallies. I'm not into cults of personality. Okay, I would I would laud Trump. If he talked about ways of getting the government out of our lives, okay, instead of talking about, you know, what he's given us. Well, I, I don't want anything from you. I want you to uh, advocate for policies that will, you know, put the power back to, to the people, power to the people, right? So the thing I am concerned about this is that people who show even tacit approval for Trump, like there are people who voted for Trump, not only, you know, you know, you heard about elections where I'm going to hold my nose and vote for that person. Well, in the case of Trump, people were donning a hazmat suit to vote for him because it's like, you know what? I don't like Trump, but Hillary is so awful and the alternative is so bad that, OK, Trump, you know, he'd be pal- he'd be palatable, palatable in these particular issues that matter to me. OK, I'll cast a vote for him. And. You know, people did it reluctantly, but those people don't get a pass from the left because the left says, well, you're enabling evil, you know, the destruction of this country. You're enabling racism and bigotry and hostility towards immigrants, you know, by 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 voting for Trump. Okay, and so when you have that kind of attitude on the left, all right, it's really hard to engage with people like that and i don't and and they don't seem to learn that look there are people who absolutely positively did not want to vote for trump and as a result left the i've got dear friends who left the republican party once trump became the nominee for president heck my wife and i don't even do republicans grassroots politics anymore okay and not not so much because of trump per se i mean yeah we didn't approve of trump but it was because of the constant infighting that you can't even, you know, they're, they're, 
you can't even dissent, okay, from the candidate who's the head of our party, and that's not the way it's supposed to work. So, as such, we eschew grassroots party politics. But my point is, for the left, is there are people who are politically homeless, and you're not giving them a viable alternative. Instead, you're going further to the left. You know, in fact, they're they're condescending about it. They say, well, you know, that good on you that you left the Republican Party and you left Trump and, you know, you're welcome to come over to our side. But just so you know, you don't really get much of a say in the candidate that we select for president. That doesn't seem very welcoming. That doesn't seem very productive. And guess what? If you're going to lecture people like, well, you know, if you if you're a non-Trump voter, but you don't vote for Democrat, it's essentially as good as a vote for Trump. And I hear the same thing from a lot of pro-Trump people. You know, if I'm not going to vote for Trump, I'll say, well, if you don't vote for Trump, that's essentially like a vote for Hillary. I heard that constantly in 2016. You know, so it to me, it kind of rings hollow. So I'll, I'll read a couple more uh, paragraphs of this, uh, uh, talking about the dark side of elections. Uh, this is a tall order, you know, talking about uh, not being so politically angry. It's a tall order in a presidential election year, especially when this one is being trumpeted as the most important election of our lifetime. We've never heard that before, have we? Uh, but anyone with a memory longer than that of a goldfish will remember that the same claim being made for just about every election in our lifetime, QED. Is this one more important than, say, Ronald Reagan's election at the height of the Cold War or Bill Clinton's reelection after the Republican Revolution of 1994 or the election of the United States' first black president in 2008? Matter of fact, I heard it in 2004, the John Kerry, George W. Bush election. I heard it, you know, most important election of our lifetime. The 2020 election is likely not the most important election of our lifetime, and anyone with an ounce of sense knows as much. This observation calls into question how much sense any number of high-profile celebrities have. Take Robert De Niro, for example. In a recent conversation with Michael Moore, De Niro opined that Trump quote, needs to be confronted and humiliated by whoever his opponent is, close quote. What does this mean exactly? De Niro would like to, quote, see a bag of crap right in his face, close quote. Classy. As if that weren't enough, De Niro also got in a last-minute entry for Father of the Year saying, I don't want my kids to take this the wrong way, but if my kids did what Trump's kids did, I wouldn't want to be related to them. I would disown them. What exactly did Trump's kids do that has Bob so overwrought? Seriously, I what? I, I don't get it. Well, I, whatever. I don't know either, but all Trump has to do for a comeback to anything that Robert De Niro says is, you talking to me? Yeah, right. You talking to me? You talking like, to me? Yeah, Bob, I, 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 Bob, I saw the intern, so Trump card there. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's been in some bad movies the last 10 years. Yeah, he has. Uh, if politics has become more important to you than your own family, you are very confused. De Niro is by no means alone in this. The chattering celebrity class has dreamed of doing violence to Trump since before he took the oath of office. And we might ask why anyone would take their political cues from these people. The fact is that so many of us do. Five minutes on Twitter proves the point. And when celebrities act poorly, a good number of people fall right into line and do the same. The result is a national politics so debased that we are all made worse for the effort. I remember vividly a lot of left-wing pundits fully expecting Hillary to win in 2016 on election night, actual election night, saying, okay, this has been a contentious election. Once it's over, it's over. We need time to heal. We need to come together. Let's put all animosity and bitterness aside. 
But then when Trump won, it was a stream of obscenities. Bleep this, bleep that, that racist bleeper, blah, blah. You know, it's like, oh, I, I see. So uh, unity and, and harmony and putting all the bitterness aside, uh, that's only for people that aren't aligned with you politically. I gotcha. So, uh you know, kudos to the writers for suggesting such a thing that, re- that you know, c- saying our, our New Year's resolution should be realizing that politics isn't the most important thing. But unfortunately, in this era of Trump, it is a uh, fool's errand. But kudos to them for at least broaching the subject, that's for sure. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. With the cold weather upon us, it's time to look at the bright side of winter for homeowners. Did you know this is the best time of year to get quotes on window replacements? Contractors are very motivated during the slower time of year, and the prices reflect that. It's also the perfect time to examine your windows with a heat gun to see which ones are the worst if you only want to replace a few. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. As you may already know, this is the only free service of its kind. I'll stop by with the heat gun when we measure your windows, and I'll email you competitive installed window quotes from multiple local contractors. Whether you're looking for major brands like Anderson and Marvin or local Minnesota vinyl brands, we'll come up with the best options for your house during our one-hour meeting. Normally, you would need to sit through nine hours of high-pressure dog-and-pony shows to get that many quotes. Let me do the legwork for you since I know where to get the best quality at the best prices. If you decide to move forward, I'll be there to write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, installs are done all winter long. Set up an appointment online at My3Quotes. That's the number three, My3Quotes. I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and for years this great station has been fighting to keep the Twin Cities right. As we head into 2020, I would ask that you help us continue the fight by supporting our local sponsors who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities. Now here's a word from our friend Dennis Prager. I I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. And helping fighters is as good and noble as fighting. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station. And that is just patronize their sponsors. Those sponsors, they are making us possible. No sponsors, we're talking to ourselves. By supporting the local businesses you hear on this station, you help support us as we continue to keep the Twin Cities right. American Pressure is your local family-owned source for pressure washers since 1976. We focus on what you need to clean, and we offer the best brands of hot and cold pressure washers, complete wash bays, portable systems, and custom-built. We do it all for you. Visit us at AmericanPressure.com. American Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. 
Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, as always, we uh, appreciate you tuning in. I only got a few minutes left this segment. Uh, can't really dig in deep to uh, any topics. Uh, but, uh, Jason, I know we talked about before the show, a uh, big win by our Gopher squad on New Year's Day. Yes, First sir. First New Year's Day uh, bowl win since uh, 1962. Man. Yeah, almost Jeez. 60 years. They, I mean, they they had a, they got a bowl game five, six years ago mm-hmm. uh, when Jerry Kill was the coach. Was that the Citrus Bowl? That sounds right. Against Missouri? Yeah. That was against Missouri. That's yeah. all I remember. So, uh, yeah, this is a uh, Gophers defeated Auburn 31-24. to Auburn, number nine in the country, SEC squad, mm-hmm. beat Alabama. Yeah. Played a tough game against LSU, yep. uh, who's probably going to win the national championship. So, well, uh, don't tell that to Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Sweeney's face. Uh, yeah. uh, I well, they were they they were lucky to get out of that game with Ohio State. Let's be honest. Yeah, because what was it like an offensive pass interference yeah, that was the issue or something? Bad calls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but regardless, uh, so my thing is. This is a this was a pot definitely positive for the Gophers program. Hundred percent going going forward, and that it says, look, you can uh, achieve a New Year's Day bowl, mm-hmm. and the atmosphere that PJ Fleck creates mm-hmm. is is fantastic. My only concern, and again, I do you know I hate to be a Buzz Killington, but <laughs> go on. He makes some very questionable head scratching moves in game. Like timeouts? P.J. Fleck. The use of timeouts make yeah. no sense to me. Uh, hate to bring up a bad uh, a bad subject, but the Wisconsin game, they were up 7 and nothing, and we had a fourth and short in Wisconsin territory, chose mm. not to go for it. If you go for it, get the first down, score a touchdown, you probably break Wisconsin's will. Yeah, no And you're up 14 to nothing. And, you know, just things like that, it just yeah. you make you scratch your head, or, or during the Wisconsin game, critical time, I think it was the Wisconsin game, took a timeout, mm-hmm. and then decided to run on, like, third and long. Yeah. You, you took a timeout to make that call? I, well, PJ has said that he doesn't care about first-half timeouts at all. Okay. He's willing to burn through them, no problem. I, it's the second-half second, timeouts yeah. that he really values, apparently. But, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Uh uh, PJ's play uh, style isn't always a representative as his personality may be, where it's right. outgoing and out there. But he can get a little conservative with his play calling. Right. Yeah. This. So I, you know, I, I have genuine hope that uh, yeah. this this could uh, make the go for a perennial contender in the Big Ten West. Now the drawback is you're probably not going to get Maryland and Rutgers and Indiana next year. You're probably going to have to play Ohio State and Michigan on the eastern side. Uh, the schedule's uh, out, so we could look it up really okay. quick. But I would like an opportunity to get that brown jug back because Michigan hasn't exactly been a powerhouse the past couple years. So uh-huh. that's you know that's a game they could legitimately be in. My goal is to get all of the traveling trophies, get Floyd, get the Axe, mm-hmm. get the little brown jug all back at the Beerman building. I mm-hmm. mean, we need to make that happen. And I think they got one with Penn State. Penn State, they got like the Liberty Bell or some deal like that. Whatever it is. So we got to go to Maryland, to Wisconsin, home against Michigan. Okay. Uh, We're on the road against Illinois and Michigan State uh, at Nebraska, home versus Purdue and Northwestern. Frankly, the schedule isn't that tough. Where, you looking for the wins I'm, in there? I'm looking for a loss in that one. <laughs> me, I'm getting my binoculars out trying to find yep. the loss. And yeah. non-conference is Florida Atlantic, in Tennessee Tech, and BYU. Now, did you say they have Ohio State? No Ohio State. No Ohio State? Really? Nope. Uh, and Michigan's at home. Okay. 
I like that schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what Wisconsin looks like next year. I'm, I'm anti all things Wisconsin, so I, I don't care what. Well, I guarantee uh, you they'll have a running back that's better than Jonathan Taylor and any other running back that they've ever had before because that's RBU. Kind of seems like how it goes. Yeah, yeah no so. kidding. So, yeah, it was it was very exciting to see the, the big win over, uh, over Auburn, rack up 500 yards of offense. And uh, has Antoine Winfield declared whether he's going to stay or not? Uh, I haven't heard anything, um, but I think I it's safe imagined. to assume, especially with his injury history, considering how he had his like first full year where he's been healthy, he's got to maximize on his value right now. I think so. Yeah, uh, you know, he's, he's had a couple of years where cut short by injury, so he's definitely of age. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he stuck around. It'd be a pleasant surprise. But, yeah, uh, it would. Yeah, that's the, shore up the defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of seniors offensively, this year. Yep. Yeah, you got a Rashad Bateman coming back, obviously yep. quarterback. Uh, Tanner Morgan's mm-hmm. back. Mo Ibrahim is uh, mm-hmm. going to be only junior. So. Uh, yep, Chris Hopman bell too. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. looking bright. Yeah, I, so, um, you know, we like it. Def- definitely like how that's uh, how it's coming together. Like you say, I've been a Gophers fan since the days of Smokey Joe Salem in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, this, this is the most consequential Gophers win in my lifetime. I was born in 1969, so in my lifetime, mm-hmm. the most consequential uh, victory, New Year's Day Bowl against an SEC foe. Um, yeah, so kudos to Gophers and, and Coach Fleck, and uh, I don't think he'll lose any of that enthusiasm, so we don't have to worry about no. him being uh, content with this. Uh, so we're very very exciting future to uh, uh, to start the pro, uh, to start the twenties, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Absolutely, the, the, so new the, decade, new, new decade. Gophers, new decade, new Gophers. I like it a lot. So that's hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments, right here, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance. Radio Network, we're going to be talking about uh, firearms, active shooter engagement with a longtime friend of the broadcast, Peter Johnson. That's coming up, 2 o'clock hour right here, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in a few. Closing time, open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. See website for full details and important safety information. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash joy. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash joy. That's forhims.com slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash joy. You hear a lot of business people talk about core values these days. That sounds good, but if you're like me, you're just not sure what that means until you come across a company like Core Mark Metals. Owners Diane and John Dormanen founded the company in 1992 on this basic principle, provide quality products with outstanding service. You can rely on Core Mark Metals to help you reach your goals. Their innovative solutions will keep your business and projects running smoothly. Whether you're looking to manufacture a product to bring to market, needing thousands of parts fabricated to impeccable standards, or building a trailer 
trailer in your garage. Cormark Metals will ensure you meet your goal. To find out more about their extensive stock of metal hardware or to explore their menu of fabrication and design services, join them at CormarkMetals.com. That's CormarkMetals.com. Or visit one of their newly remodeled retail centers to speak with a friendly and knowledgeable team member. You can shop metals or hardware and get inspired. Cormark Metals, where technology and creativity meet. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. AM 1280, The Patriot.